I say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in 90-degree Portland, Oregon. Spencer's back. Front of the line. How do you feel? Good. I'm dealing with the heat like a true champion these days. I'm finally getting used to it, but... Uh, it ain't that hot. Hey, man, for me, it is, bro. It ain't that hot. For me, it degrees. is. Shout out Ooh-hoo. Husky Boys. It ain't that hot. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Lillard with the shot of the true trailblazer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, you were putting it's a great me on record. game right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was putting him onto a record. Because you know it's music it's mode. rotation a lot. We're still yeah. music mode. Absolutely. Well, let's get to it. Win shares. Back at Export both nights tonight and tomorrow night, Friday, Saturday, through Labor Day weekend. So this week, obviously the last weekend of August, I'm there both nights. Labor Day weekend, I'll be there Friday and Saturday as well. We'll announce more dates for that when Labor Day weekend comes around. Because there are more dates booked, but we're not going to get that far ahead of ourselves. But uh, pull up. It's still been a hit. We haven't missed yet. Uh, We're perfect from the field right now. And a lot of that is because of all y'all that have came out and supported. It's been a good vibe up top. And it's still a brand new place. Not a brand new, but a fairly new place. So a lot of Portlanders, especially after being shut down for two years, are just being introduced to this place, which is super dope. And then every day brings a new vibe. Uh, You know, obviously, with it being more of a higher-end spot, it's not a spot that you would just, like, frequent, frequent every week like you would maybe a dive bar or something like that. Um, but it's at a five-star hotel. And so every weekend there's different tourists that come up to that bar at that hotel. And so it's always something different, but the vibe is always super dope. And then of course you got your people coming out selling their birthdays or celebrating their, their, their bachelorette parties or whatever it is that they're going on that they want to celebrate at, at a high level. They come to the highest level. Yeah, I was the sixteenth floor, there. baby. I was there this weekend. Export we rooftop bar and lounge. Yeah, Port cutting Hotel. rugs, cutting rugs, hugs, <laughs> handshakes, hugs, <laughs> handshakes, hugs, and cutting rugs. Vibes and views, baby. Pull up. Yeah, um, I got some wind share action, bro. Talk about it. I'm gonna be uh, calling the uh, color analyst football games at Pacific University right next alongside esteemed Oregon sports broadcaster. A one, Mr. Devon Pouncey. Hello. So we're going to be in there. That, you know what? Congratulations, listen, thank man. You. I appreciate you, man. Obviously, I couldn't have gotten, you know what I'm saying, like passionate or like, you know, really adamant about doing this. I mean, think about it, bro. We started doing music, man. And I, when I when we first met and I was so deeply entrenched in music, yeah, I would have never expected that it's like, oh, yeah, in like however many years, eight years time or whatever the case may be. That you're going to be really actually doing sports, and it's been a passion yeah, of mine. For it sure. was really my first passion, you right? Know like like sports. Yeah, that was really what I cared about. But it was just it became apparent very early on that it's like you're barely going to crest six feet, Playboy. Like it's not <laughs> happening. So just figure it out. But I like music too. Yeah. So I thank God I had that to do. Absolutely. But it's just nice, man, because I just I, I, I'm just excited to you know to just work hard and and get more information about. You know, and get better at, at doing this job because I was thinking about it today, bro. Like, my biggest goal for just broadcasting in general, and, and also I want to try to integrate this into the podcast as, as it stands now. I'm just talking, sh- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Having yeah, a good yeah, time yeah. hanging out with my friend. Right. But I really want to, like, just try to be that conduit for the feeling of the fans to yeah. the broadcast. That's like my biggest thing that I'm trying to, like, you know, showcase is like, right. I want to just be what the fans feel. Yeah. And so I, yeah. so I, so getting tapped in to doing that is, is going to be my top priority pulling up on the, you know, any sort of event or game or practice that I can get my hands on. I'm about to, I'm going to be back home in Forest Grove. It sounds like for sure. For sure. We're going to be rocking and rolling football season starting up next month. So we'll be announcing the games of course for that. But again, congratulations. Thank you. You know, it's, it's definitely, not something to not be proud of. You Thanks, know what I'm man. saying? Like, it's, it's NCAA football. It's Division three level, but it's, it's NCAA right. football. You're doing a job that so many people wish that they could be doing or even dream of being able to do. So 
any opportunity is a good one in that regard. You know what I'm saying? To be able to do something that you're passionate about, that you love and, and that you enjoy and be able to like see progress within it as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. It's dope to see. It's I dope just, to witness. I, I just want to make it matter, bro. I For just sure. make every opportunity that I have matter. And that's that, what absolutely. I'm on, bro. We're going to yeah. be calling hella games. Yeah. Check yeah. the scissor wheel. Yo, <laughs> like straight up, like, and I'm telling you like an APB out to anybody listening to this, like listen to those broadcasts. Oh, yeah. Come back and holler at us and tell us what you think because I need to know. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm for saying? Sure. I need we'll, to be a, know. we'll be announcing the games throughout Windshare this season because, you know, college football is on the horizon. Yeah. Super excited about it. I'm, you know, fortunate to be able to put the headset on and be the voice of Pacific University Boxers. Where the voice I of went. Pacific University Boxers. Absolutely. Pouncy. Hello. So that's always fun for me, you know, and then that'll transition right into basketball season. Y'all know what time it is when it comes to this podcast and basketball. Yeah. So, um, you know, that time of the year is coming, and it's an exciting time of the year. I know, you know, I had the episode a few weeks ago, Every you know, when I was kind of like not caring about sports. And I'm still not all the way. Well, still don't care. You know, <laughs> still don't give a damn. I am sports now. <laughs> now, say okay. something about it. I am sports. Say that. But anywho, um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I've been I've been gigging in the music space. Obviously, every week I'm coming here announcing a couple of gigs per weekend. So I've been in that mode. I am excited though. This well today. I do get to go see him scrimmage, you know, up at Pacific. We can go see him scrimmage up at Pacific. Yeah. And, um, you know, just get back into that feel. Yeah. Because football season, and obviously this is going to be your first yeah, year I have doing no football. no idea. Last season, I mean, I've covered football. I covered the Ducks, obviously, with 750. Right. You know, I whenever my, my guy Justin, who is a, a straight-up college football guru, like that's his bag when mm. it comes to, like, the primary sport that he covers and covers really, really well and is really a historian of and, and has some sizzling takes on is college football, where for me it was more so basketball. So when we used to do the Justin and Devon show, you know, during college football season, I knew that was his bag. He would kind of take the lead, where during basketball season, that was more of my bag. And that's when I kind of, you know, went in, went in and took the lead when we co-hosted a show together. But, um, you know, I used to fill in sometimes for him in pre- and post-game shows for Duck Games down at Autzen Stadium. So, super dope. You know, it's super dope experience. But play-by-play, I had never done until last season. And it is definitely a different high, if you will. Um, obviously, the passion that that you have for basketball, that I have for basketball from, like, a play-by-play standpoint and just an intimate relationship with the sport – um, that made things a little easier in regards to, you know, just transitioning into calling play-by-play because of the type of fan I am. But I really kind of, like, realized my my love for sports at large mm. going and calling mm. those football games because, quite frankly, it's a different kind of fan at those right. games. and yeah. And me – being somebody similar to the model that you said that likes my fandom to sort of ooze out when I'm on the broadcast, I don't necessarily care about being the voice of the fan base overall or at large. I care about you knowing when you listen to me on a broadcast that I'm a fan and that I'm passionate about this and my personality and who I am oozes out by way of the broadcast and you can enjoy and respect that it's somebody that actually cares that's doing the job. And so with football, it's just like a completely different high, bro. But it's so like you get so pumped up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's you know, it's so explosive more right. so where basketball has more of a flow. You have your explosive moments in basketball, but football, every play is explosion. You right. know what I mean? Huddle up, <laughs> go to the line, line up, and then explode. And it's just like snap, crackle, pop everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And it just brings you a different element, the atmosphere of it, you know, the sounds and, and rhythm of the sport. Right. It, it, it brings a side out of you as a broadcaster <laughs> no, that's trying, like, yeah, yeah you, you know every play I'm you got a dog there, out. You know dude. what I'm saying? I know and I want to get there. You, you, you got a dog out like, every play it, on the field because – Damn near your life depends on it. Yo, and, and you know what, bro? <laughs> it's such and you know, high contact. And you know, you sport. were saying like, you know, you were saying like, oh, I, I realize that I'm like more of a 
sports fan at large than necessarily or like you found yeah, more of that love for like, sure i do believe that i mean obviously social media but like broadcasting and where it is today is a big reason why people like multiple sports and like why they can have an appreciation for sure and show that like if you're trying to show the the audience that you're a fan like that's a level of appreciation for just the sport and the athleticism Absolutely. and the people participating in it that you can then go and translate. And I think that's why people, because you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, you'd be like, I'm a basketball, people be like, I'm a yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, And yeah. that's it. Now you see so many two-sport athletes, so many people that have are well-versed in a bunch of different sets that watch different sports. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's broad, that's the power of broadcasting. Absolutely. Right I agree. I, I tend to agree with that. I agree with that a lot. Um, Well, let's get to it, man. <laughs> Let's let's go. (laughs) I mean, let's get into some content, man. I want to talk about this Shet Holmgren situation. It's today's news, right? Um, We knew that he had an injury as of yesterday, and we're recording this on a Thursday for those that hear this when it comes out on a Friday. Um, But this morning, it was announced that he will be out for the season. He had a foot injury. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the exact foot injury. But um, he had a foot injury, and he is out for the season because he was playing ball down at the Pro-Am in Seattle. LeBron was there. DeJounte Murray was there. Jason Tatum, a bunch of others. They went down to the crossover in Seattle, and uh, a foot injury leads to him not being able to play this season. First and foremost, want to send my my well wishes to him. You know, that has to be heartbreaking and devastating – you know, coming in as a as a top two pick <laughs> in the draft, you know what I'm saying? And now here you are, haven't even played a game yet, and you're already dealing with a season-ending injury. That's got to be tough on a young kid, you know, to kickstart his career. Well, I, it, what it's called, <clears throat> yeah, it's it is a it's unfortunate, and I hope that he gets better because I like to see, you know, any player beyond the court i did say excuse me i did say that i didn't think he was going to be rookie of the year even though he was like likely favorited in a lot of circles but it's like obviously he won't now yeah what what he has is a little frank injury and like that is the the little spot in your foot where the long phalange of your big toe and then like the long phalange of the second toe meet up with like the big bone in your foot uh. it's a it's a stupid little spot that they can't do anything about uh. you're not operating on that right you know what i'm saying right. like it's just impossible it's like they say it's like pretty much the most complicated like one of the most complicated spots in the foot and the foot which is not good it's for not good for a, a dude guy who's seven size. feet tall absolutely it's not good for a guy five seven right let alone a seven footer who's gonna try and go and play in an nba that's real physical and especially big guys like you got to cover ground it's just yeah. it's it's a it's a mobility problem. matters. It's a problem. Yeah, that's I, not I, good. I think it's a major problem. And like if you're if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, you are not happy today. No Pouncy. No, absolutely not. And if you're the NBA, you're not happy today. I mean, obviously the Oklahoma City Thunder being they drafted him at, at the second overall pick in the NBA draft, yeah, you're 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 bummed out. But if you're the NBA, you now have to, on top of all the things that we've been talking about as far as player empowerment versus ownership in the NBA and kind of the back and forth, tug of war, the Kevin Durant situation, the Kyrie situation, just who LeBron is and what he epitomizes, whether good or bad, for better or worse, I'm not getting at it in that way. But this, to me, will be an added element to whenever there's negotiations being had between players and owners that could potentially lead to owners saying, hey, we got to figure something out about what guys are doing and where they're playing in the offseason. Yeah, it's major lockout fodder. It's is what, major it, lockout fodder. It's really fodder. what it is. Because, because – And you know they're going to use that to leverage player empowerment and absolutely. try to get some of that power back when this lockout or whatever – Absolutely, absolutely. And and here's a situation where I think it doesn't help that. We obviously heard that they had to cancel. I mean, they had to to shut the game down early because of condensation on the court. And I feel like this could lead to a point where the NBA is going to have sanctioned runs, if you will, 
that guys can play in during the offseason rather than being able to just go show up, especially these young guys that really don't know what it is their body is about to endure playing in an 82-game season. Like, they don't really right. truly understand and they haven't traveling even, and they haven't for a living. And they haven't worked with these NBA teams who have right. the best health science, physical therapy people that get them conditioned right. to be able to, to do that. To withstand that, yeah. absolutely. And so when you have something like this happens, it puts them behind – it puts the league behind because it, just imagine if that was LeBron that went out there. I mean, it's it's water on the court. That anything could have happened. <laughs> you know, if yeah, they had to shut the game down for that legitimate reason that anything can happen. And Jamal Crawford obviously didn't want to put those players at risk, but even still, you did end up having a very significant injury take place in this league. And you're not going to be able to help but think about the fact that there was condensation on the floor that Shet Holmgren was playing on when this injury occurred. You can't help but think about what if that was LeBron who was on that very same floor. You can't help but think about how do we avoid this from taking place in the future and making sure our guys are protected and as safe as possible, especially as we continue to shell out more and more money, rightfully so, to these athletes. <laughs> like, they become more valuable, which then in turn means I may have to take more protective precautions yeah. around it. Yeah, I mean you're 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 getting down. Excuse me, you're moving closer down the path of like straight up commodifying human beings that are also athletes. Yeah, in, in interest of billion dollar NBA teams. Yes. So let's yes. let's keep that hanging over our heads in mind as we dissect this. But it's like the condensation. Why was there condensation on the court? Because there was inadequate facilities and there was a bunch of people there. Yeah. And so it's like I see opportunity there. Yeah. If I'm not only the NBA, but I think most importantly for NBA teams. Yeah. It's like it wouldn't if if there was more of an investment in that sort of activity, pro and stuff yeah, like that, right? Uh, th and they were in NBA cities. Now you're ha you're going okay. Well, we got the infrastructure, and we could put money behind it. Maybe the NBA yep. can get on it, and maybe we can start. I mean, again, this is I protecting mean, corporate interests or whatever. But it's like for sure to like maybe make these have some of these guys get some of that off the front end as like an insurance policy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. My my personal opinion is is that rookies and got young young cats in the NBA they should not be playing in those types of games if it was me. That's the decision. I'm way more comfortable with LeBron James going out there in his 20th season right. and playing in a pro-am because I'm like, I've seen – he's bionic. I've seen yeah. him be healthy for two decades. Right, so right. I'm not tripping off of that. Right. And and I think that that's the real value. No one came to see Chet Holmgren. They came to see, see LeBron, LeBron James. James. Yeah. So it's like if those guys want to make the moves and make the money, then I think you can do it. And I think that you should because – that to again, what yeah. I see the opportunity there is like now you can start putting money in the pockets of the people that are playing it that aren't LeBron James and aren't going to go yeah. home to a mansion. I, I would love to see NBA sanctioned like pro ams. Yeah, like I, I'd be kind of okay with that. Now, do I prefer it to be the way that it was? Obviously, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when Dejounte Murray was telling guys throughout the league, hey, don't be too big time to not be able to go out here and play in these pro-ams, which I tended to agree with, especially his main primary reason was there's fans that can't afford to see us play in the NBA. Oh, I thought his primary reason is, was so he could destroy Paolo Banchero. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> they kind of dapped it up and hugged I know, in I the last that. game. So it's all kudos show, to man. them. But, but, but as far as like, you know, the young fans and the people that can't afford to go to these NBA games and can't afford to watch them play where they're getting paid to play, they can come watch us in the the, the small college in our hometown and mm. be able to see their heroes front and center in ways they would never have the opportunity to before. And I, I tend to agree with all that, which is why I do believe while this could cause tension between the players in the NBA, that the NBA can, they'd have to do it the right way, but they can embrace the pro-am and, again, in some kind of way, sanction these pro-ams to where they still have a little bit more influence 
on how things are operating to protect their players. Because even the Pro-Am is trying to protect these pro athletes. So why wouldn't the NBA have that same interest? Again, they shut that Pro-Am down in Seattle because it was condensation on the floor. And Jamal Crawford knew, I can't have these dudes at risk like that. And then... Still, a very significant injury happens on that day. So you can't really knock, again, this might be protecting corporate interests a little bit, but you can't really knock that because Jamal Crawford, who has this very intimate, thriving pro-am in the crossover, felt the same way (laughs) because he obviously knows the entity that those players are having played in the league before and knowing that the platform of the NBA allowed him to be able to have such a thriving pro-am like the crossover is out in Seattle Mm. to where people of the likes of LeBron James want to come and play. So for me, this could be a good cultural connection and this could be a good cultural touchstone touchstone for the NBA to say, hey, instead of us going back and forth with the players and telling them they just can't outright play in the pro-am, which very well could happen, mm. it's especially this example having taken place now, I feel like there's a way that they could more so embrace these pro-ams and be able to help, again, have some influence and have more protective you know, measures over their athletes. Again, that definitely sounds like having corporate interests, but I don't want to see the pro-ams, which already is the smaller entity, not be able to thrive and grow and grow yeah because these guys that want to see the pro-am thrive and grow because they're going and playing in these pro-ams aren't allowed to play i don't want to see that happen to me that's the worst case scenario i mean it's valuable to the nba because they are the nba but they're also the brand of basketball you got to just understand that it's like that's a different type of basketball over there yeah and you got to get in on that in order to grow your own thing Absolutely. To, to, to beyond, beyond China, beyond Africa, beyond Mexico City. You know, you if you're the NBA, you're gonna. I want everything. You know, I want. Yeah. I want the basketball in the hand of every kid on the planet for sure. And you got to embrace different types of basketball to do that. Yeah. And so, it also you got to. I don't. I don't know who's gonna be able to. I don't know, dude. This. I'm telling you, this lockout's gonna be gonna be crazy. It's going to be you you think it's for sure going to happen. I just don't see any way around it because the owners are getting strong armed. Like they're going to be the ones that look at if you want this thing to go big the way that it should, they're the ones that are going to have to put up for the infrastructure to make sure that those games you can't play games that massive not in an NBA stadium stadium where the facilities can handle that kind of, you know, crowd. And yeah. keep the courts and keep the basketball playing conditions optimal so guys don't get hurt. Yeah. That's what I see in this. And I'm like, if that and if that's happening, now we're talking big money. So it's like, all right, where's the money gonna go? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> and people are gonna fight it. About yeah, it. So, for sure. So, so it's gonna yeah. it's gonna pop off. It's gonna get messy. I just, but it's I just get wanna messy. see that happen more like if you could have real good like TV coverage of that stuff, like comprehensive. Yeah, broadcasting of those, man, must see TV. Must see TV. I, you want to know what else was must see TV? The Manti Teo documentary. It was man docu series, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that was must see TV. Did yeah. you did you watch that? I watched it. I, I watched. I know it. that's a hard pivot, but oh well. Well, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a jump. It's a jump cut. What are you gonna do? It's a jump cut. It's a jump cut. But uh, oh well. Yeah, I watched that documentary, man. I thought it was really well made. I did too. And <sighs> that story, bro. It's yeah. just, it sucks because it's like at the time that it was going on, obviously it was way more like sinister the way that people were like treating him, and yes. obviously all of the. Implications that the, it meant for his career, yeah. Which which you learn, yeah. And and which we'll try not to spoil alert, but spoil alert, yeah. If you haven't seen it, well, I mean, go it, see it. It was real life that happened. We yeah, were all for there, sure, we were there. You know? Yeah, but some people weren't, and some people you talked about at the top of the podcast how broadcasting can kind of mend sports fans across different sports, and right. obviously, even though this was a big, huge national story. There's some people that might just not have had the interest in football at that time to even know or care right. what was going on, but now you should. Definitely. Definitely. Because that story is like it, it, nothing 
criminal happened, you know? And that's why. <sighs> and so it's like. And that's why. It, 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 and I'm just going to go out and say it. That's why I never really felt bad for Manti Teo. I'm going to say it. Man, you didn't feel bad for him? I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him knowing what it is that he had to go through that his intention clearly was not to go through. I feel bad about that. I don't feel bad necessarily for him falling for it yeah <laughs> you know like it was just hard for me to and, feel and not, to that magnitude he failed he like go. like that part for me is like oh i hate that you got tricked like i'm not happy that you got tricked but c- come on <laughs> like, it's just it's just you got absolutely duped I, i'll just y'all. say this I, I i don't let me just say this as objectively i can it's like that's just so not player <laughs> for you to have that happen to you, bro. Like, look, and not even on like, again as a up. person. I, I I know he went through something for real sure, for sure. So yeah. I'm not knocking him for that, and I understand. Like, if I got to be politically correct, he was the victim in all of this. Absolutely, he was victim. But me being emotionally attached to him as a victim, I I just couldn't get all the way there. My, Interesting story, though. My thing is, is that like you know, and we talk about this, and this is why. It's it's kind of hard. It's a lot. I'll be honest. I'm I'm having trouble right now, even thinking about it. Like, it's way easier for me to criticize or do whatever it is that we do in this job here. Yeah. When there is criminal activity, because there's a line that's drawn that it's like I can I know objectively that that's not you know what I mean right. And the way that the documentary positioned it was that like, uh, I forget the uh the, the person's name, but. You know, it was like both sides of the story. T- yeah, type yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, and, for sure. And it's like I understand that because I, it, 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 that's why it's different. It's difficult because what people did and how people talked and treated Manti and the way that his career went and the confidences that he lost. Yes. That is something that we as a culture need to ass- assess and get better at because that was whack on our part. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. regardless of what you think about I agree. it, you know what I'm saying? I agree. But also, it's like, why do we need, like, this person, it's like, you manipulated this man. I don't really care to hear about your struck, to be honest, because your part in what we're talking about here is you are an abuser as far, that's what I see. Yeah. Or... If you want to like try to be nice about it, it's like you projected your own feelings insecurity on this person and damaged him. I, I would so disagree. I, I, I would agree with you, but the reason I disagree, which is the reason why I think this documentary is also doing right. so well, is timing and the climate that we're in right yeah. now, in comparison to the climate that this took place in. That was like the first known catfish, yeah. like. World, like you know what I mean, big time in the media, like massive story, catfish, and and Manti obviously alluded to it. You know when his when his uncle, who's a lawyer, basically told him like you got catfished. He never even heard of it before. Like it was such a new thing. Where now, not just catfish culture has advanced along with technology, but the culture that is transitioning, which is what this particular person. Did that that you know did what he did that catfish manti that was behind catfishing manti has now transitioned into a woman and right. the the mental part of how deep mm-hmm. that they were willing to go to keep this thing going because their lack of being able to connect with what they wanted their identity to yeah, be they were I think was very, very important for us to see in today's climate where transitioning is becoming more popular, where transitioning sure. is becoming, you know, that the LGBTQ plus community is is thriving in ways that they weren't even allowed to back even just that time ago because a part of the problem and the criticism that Manti dealt with was the fact that people were assuming that he was gay. And right. that actually hurt him 
within the sport of football at that time. Obviously, we've had the Michael Sams. We've had, again, so much progress to where now you can come out as gay in football, and it's, it's it is what it is. It's fine. But Just at that good. time, it wasn't that way. Even a decade ago, it wasn't that way. So I think the importance was more so timing and them telling this story and getting into the minds of both of them and what it is that they went through in these two very prevalent cultures, if you will, to release it now while these cultures are as prevalent as they are and they weren't that prevalent back then, I think that was very genius and I think that was uh, a very calculated move by the the Untold docuseries folks and it's clearly working out. I mean, it... Yeah, it's a huge documentary. Everyone's talking about Everybody's it. Everybody's talking about it. I haven't heard really any bad reviews about I it. I haven't either. I haven't either. And again, like I said, getting into the minds of, you know, not allowing somebody to transition or identify as they want to and seeing what they're willing to go through to finally get to that point. Because I do believe this whole catfish yeah. situation allowed that person to now <laughs> transition. Like, I don't think the transition happens without them going through this catfish situation. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that part to me is deep. Whether you agree or disagree with it or you think it's crazy or not, I'm not standing on any side here. But the reality is this is what's happening in today's society. And being able to get into the minds of folks and what it is that they go through to, to, to even get to the point of transitioning is pretty deep shit. <laughs> and it was pretty this documentary yeah. was pretty deep. You know what I'm saying? And again, yeah. that's not me standing with one side or another. That's just me taking it for what it is that I observed and knowing and being aware of the times that we're in now in comparison to the times that we weren't in just 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it the it, it, at the heart of the whole thing is identity and the documentary is a good and that story is such a great jumping off point for having these discussions like in a myriad of ways that's not just like who are you as a football player or yeah. who are you as a, a you know girlfriend or whatever because that's what it was at the time um i just think that like you know you got to go I, at the depth that you got to go in on this sort of thing especially when it comes to identity i think is going to gonna take a lot more than than just that documentary because absolutely because it's like look bro like manti teo's identity was was like exp- the faith both exploited <laughs> Exa- f- exactly faith was his identity yeah and it was ex- and it was exploited and manipulated and changed through yeah. this process just like for sure their identity was being changed because i mean yeah you know, and maybe there's hints of all of these deep human feel like jealousy. People, and, are, we're, and we're just doubt, complex you know what beings, what is what and it like, comes down to. We're complex beings, and I feel like we are getting to a point where we're starting to become more in tune with that. And I feel like there's some, there's some. You gotta, you know, you gotta crack an egg before you make an omelet. Elements to that, and being in touch with your complexities because. We're just that complex. And obviously some things morally may be right. Some things morally may be wrong. Some things you may be able to get jiggy with. Some things you might not be able to get jiggy with. But I'd rather know and learn about it than not to have more context because history matters. People matters, you know, and and having accurate information matters. Clearly I'm in the business of journalism. So I do want to hear more about the thought process of somebody that's going through this very real thing that people are going through and again has become more prevalent than ever now I want to be aware of maybe the signs and and just the truth behind all of that went down so it to me it was a really good doc because you got to get into the complexities of these human beings and the complexities of society and how they clash Today, <laughs> you know what I mean? In real ways. Yeah, and it's very important to, I think, to keep digging into that stuff because, I mean, from the way I've always thought about all of, like, L, not just LGBTQ, but even, like, faith-based, because I think that those match up, it, it just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they're just such a foil for one another in these crazy ways that, like, I when I step back, because I was raised 
we, you know, I went to Dilly Bible Church, Emmanuel Christian School, Portland Christian Center. Like I was raised that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, and so anyway, like, and I and I grew up in the church. My grandfather was a bishop, so I, right. you know, you know, what I'm saying? but it's church that, every church every day type stuff. Uh, let let me skip to the point here. It's that like I want to know the identities and have everything be cool with everybody and be able to understand each other on personal levels deeply because I want to strip all of that stuff away. I don't really care. I'm an American, so you can practice whatever religion you want. Yeah. And you can be whatever, you know, a sexual identity, your identity can be what you want. And And I want everyone to be able to be that. So I can see who's, the asshole here. And so yeah. we can, cause I just think that that's, what's important to be able to figure out like, well, cl- we we've learned in this country, especially recently. They're like, well, there's a lot of people faking the funk in a lot of ways in this country. And it, and it creates a, a culture of fear that it's like, if we could just be cool with each other on these, these ways that we, that are very important and we could get past all of that, then maybe we might be able to sniff out who's like the threat to the peace and harmony of the, the domestically gotcha. that, that we have, you know gotcha. what I'm saying? And it's yep. like, and so that's why it's crazily important to be like, let's let these two people talk through these processes. Because like you said, yeah. when, do, when have we, and on a mass scale got to hear and see something documented like that with I, that depth. Yeah. I don't think, that, I don't think I, yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Especially it. Especially now with their sports. Like right. Men's right. a sport like football right. <laughs> to even, to take it a step further. You right. know what I'm saying? We're like, that masculinity element is is extreme. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Within yeah. the sport of football. So, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a very interesting doc. Again, you know, I I didn't get to the point of siding with either of them. And I think a lot of people did because it was yin versus yang in this scenario. Um, but I didn't necessarily side with either. Um, but I think that's okay. Because again, I understand. I, I know more about why each of them did what it was that they did, and I've gained. Actually, I gained more respect for Manti for going through this process. I gained, you know what I mean. Like I, I kind of gained more respect for both of them for going through this process. Not solely for the sake of my entertainment, but there was a reason why I was entertained and intrigued by it, and it, and it was their authenticity in a lot of ways and having to acknowledge where they look like the fool or not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How, and that's based on your own perception, but they kept it a buck about it. I mean, look, and it was a real human experience for both of them. Sure. That, you know what I'm saying? That that was the part that more so well, stuck with me was like, I don't necessarily agree or feel, you know, for either one of y'all in certain ways. Right. But y'all had some crazy human experiences that were real, and that's enough for well, me. Well, you know, I mean, I think that that's a good uh, point to – I'm going to get to a little bit of the criticism on it because, you know, the 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 reality is is that both of those people – like you guys just weren't being player here. <laughs> no, and I mean you I, love that player thing. I, no, I mean no, we no, talked about I, it with I, the Deshaun I'm, I'm Watson trying, situation. Exactly. And, and I admit that I yeah. think that I've tried to push this line in situations like that, and yeah. maybe it's not the best place for it, and it's not very cool. But that's why I appreciate this doc so much because I can have. Because I mean, it's like, listen, man. Like as you navigate the world, especially as a a person in the spotlight, an athlete with, with stuff like that, like you're going to have an influx of people that are, are potential romantic suitors for you. If that's, yes. if that's a, if appropriate enough to say for sure. And so you need to have, a, you know, couple that with social media and the way that the dating scene is now in the world. We all know it. You have to have more literacy in that. And it's like, if you want to protect these types of, abuses that can you know a la Deshaun Watt or whoever countless people we can name right that could lead to those things then you have to build an infrastructure and a community where we're able to to have frank discussions with each other get through to like get to the core of the identity stuff so then we can have these real conversations of like Manti what are you doing maintaining a long-term relationship with somebody that you haven't met for years are you stupid like that doesn't put a red flag to you and then this person it's like why are you trying to manipulate this person that you (laughs) know that even if you like want to meet them like you can't do that he's a Notre Dame player you see him 
every Saturday. Every Saturday. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. somebody, people in your life need to be like, hey, you bonehead, like put the phone down <laughs> and go outside and have a real conversation with, with somebody. somebody. I agree. You know what I mean? I and like that's criticism. And I just feel like that's stuff that we could actually be getting done like today. Like you and I could leave the podcast and when one of our friends says something stupid, we could be like, hey man, let me yeah. go ahead and check you real quick. Absolutely. That sounded dumb. And I just think, <laughs> and I just think, you know what I'm saying? And it just needs to be like, damn, if I was Manti's friend, I'd be like, dude, like let's, you, we got to cool it on this, man. You've never seen this person. Like, and it's just nuts. It's just yeah, nuts. Anyway, sure. that's my only criticism of him. Cause it's like, man, just, Stop your player game. Stop stop doing all of that stuff. Like yeah, there are yeah, plenty yeah, of yeah, great people right. out in the world for yeah, you to go yeah, have a face to face conversation with, bro. Interact. Absolutely. Stay off the phone. The Trailblazers broadcasters will be on the road now. <laughs> <laughs> they must have listened to the Wake Up and Win podcast. Now I give the I give the credit to Chad and Dwight. You know, and yeah. and, and hey, I, I can shit on radio as much as I want to, and we do, and we do <laughs> from time to time. I obviously have had a, a, a not the greatest experience in radio, but one thing I always say about radio is it was the funnest job I've ever had in my life. Like I've never had a job that I enjoyed more than being able to wake up and host a radio show every day. And because of that, I, 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 and I'm obviously still a broadcaster, so you know where my passion lies in that regard. But because of that, although, you know, you can, you know, I dealt with what I dealt with within the radio industry that I'm not even bitter about, quite frankly. I'm just telling my experience. I, I am happy to see when radio is able to advocate and be real journalists to lead to actual change happening. You know, it usually happens in print. It usually happens on television, media, different things like that. But to be able to see it happen for radio, I give my props to, to Chad and Dwight James over there at 620 to be able to make that happen. Because, again, I, I'm somebody that I still love radio. I just don't like certain things that come with radio. Um, but the the act of radio and broadcasting, I'm here for it, and I'm here for what they did, and they charged up a fan base, and and then they brought the fight. I mean, they they brought the fight to the people that they can make the change. That can make the change. They brought the president of basketball operations onto the show. Onto the show. Blank said, "You need to spill the beans here." Yeah, and and he spilled them and said that you know they they wanted to be kind of forward thinking. That was their approach in the initial decision, but. Because of the fans and because of, you know, them being the emails and everything that they've heard, you know, the, the president was Dwayne Hankins. He overturned them not being able to travel. The broadcasters not being able to travel. So shout out to, you know, the Blazer broadcasters, Travis Demers over there doing radio. You know, you got you got yeah. Calabro over there. You got Brooke over there. You know, shout out to them all. Um and obviously we talked about it last week because I thought it was just flat out culturally incompetent to not send your broadcasters on the road. So I'm glad to be able to see a fan base make something shake and, and overturn that. And, you know, again, shout out to Chad and Dwight for being able to push that button and kind of break that news and ultimately be the leaders in overturning that. Uh, you know, if I'm going to try to find something good out of it, uh, it maybe this is, the beginnings of, you know, sort of toughening up the Portland Trailblazer fan base in a way in that, like, yeah, yeah. you got to put the screws to these guys or you're never going to get a championship. Yeah. You cannot be complacent. You cannot be mediocre. It sends a message that I feel like the damage is sort of still done to a certain extent that, like, if we're not over here on your neck, then you're just going to, like, let us wither away. Yeah. That's not a good not, feeling. Yeah, for as sure. a fan base, for sure, for and sure. So and so, I, I I appreciate what Portland fans did, all the way up to the media, because you know these people are fans too. You want to see absolutely. the best coverage that you can, and I and and, and yeah, absolutely. And you want to see your industry survive. Quite frankly, well, is that, <laughs> that too? You want to see your industry survive? Of course. I mean. Yeah, I mean that's why. I mean, look, bro. I mean, keep it real. Like, I I get what you're saying about the radio thing. It's it's a it's a vibe. It's an arena. It's a 
a place to go that you you can't get that kind of magic. That's the type of magic that's been saturating the skies across the world for 100 plus years, bro. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like that, there's still magic in that. We're trying to do that right now, recreating it. For sitting sure. in this room trying Definitely. to get that radio magic 1000 that broadcast magic and uh it was not a forward thinking move it was backwards moving yeah. <laughs> i mean that damn and so <laughs> i'm just going I, I feel very i just you know it's the nervousness i'm trying to overcome it because i know that the basketball is going to translate well the basketball is going to be good it's just, you got Damian Lillard, man. We were, they were having this. You gotta believe in that who guy. Said, who you gotta said, believe in that guy. Who said uh, uh, that Dame wasn't a superstar? Uh, Skip and and uh, no, it was Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks. Well, yeah. I'm sure Damian said that. Before. I mean, I mean Skip, Skip has said that. He yeah, said Skip probably but yeah, said Taylor. it too. But Taylor Rooks was having a conversation with Jason Tatum. Yeah, excuse me, miss. Not a superstar. <laughs> I know you watch the games. I see you there all the time. Don't yeah. act like you don't. I just think that that was her trying to get hot takey, and that's fine. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. look, man, you can't pull. You need to keep the cameras fixed on that guy at all times. Yes. What yes. are you doing? Yes. Do not go over and kick that bear because he is going to wake up and take your head off. And that's what's going to happen, bro. Portland Trailblazers. I, I, here's a hot take for you, Taylor Rooks. Portland Trailblazers are going to make the playoffs, and I ain't talking no playing either. That's <laughs> okay. a hot take. Watch Did they get a home court advantage? Well, that's, okay. that's, okay. hey, how hey, big hey. of a fan are you? <laughs> how hot is your take? <laughs> well, 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 I'll tell you this. If they did, then Damian Lillard, with the season I'm sure is coming, is MVP. Mm. He's overdue for one. If they, mm. if they get sixth, he should be MVP. The Denver Nuggets have the reigning MVP on their squad with... Yeah. What? What were they? Uh, fifth, fifth, I think. Or something? Fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good enough for me, man. If you're gonna take a team that people said was probably some some people projected that the Trailblazers were gonna win like 22 games, Devon. Yeah. So does Taylor Rooks take your L this week? Hell yeah. <laughs> I know she'll bounce back, but yeah, Taylor Rooks, you take that L because you know you were just trying to get spicy, and all you're doing is you're gonna wake up a behemoth coming your way. He's gonna wake up in these. These beautiful mountains up here in Portland, and we're about to come rain fire Hellraiser out here, bro. <laughs> Gonna be yeah, a yeah, Hellraiser yeah, 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 out yeah. here, dog. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Taking L's, Taylor Rooks. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Be my, my 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 taking L, and this isn't even an, a bad one. It's a it's a lesson, I guess, if you will. But I it's it's a loss for the show. Um, my taking L because I wanted to talk about it a little bit last week is Angela Yee leaving the Breakfast Club. Mm. So I guess the L stands for leave here because Angela Yee is leaving <laughs> the Breakfast Club, which to me is the most prominent black radio show ever across genres. Um, mm. You know, Angela Yee been on that show for a long time. The show's been thriving out in New York. Like again, the most, I mean, there's not a cultural radio show out there that has had more success, in my opinion, than the Breakfast Club has been able to have. But um, She's leaving, but she's not leaving for anything bad. She's getting her own show. I think she may be kind of trying to take the Angie Martinez approach, which I don't mind, and I'll get to why for that in okay. a minute. Um, but but she's leaving, so it's going to be Charlemagne and Envy staying on The Breakfast Club. They'll probably have like a rotating chair or something like that until they find somebody that can fill that seat, which I'm, I'm sure won't be an easy decision for them to make either. Um but big shoes. But the reason why I said she's getting more into her Angie Martinez back, which I think she didn't get enough credit for on The Breakfast Club, is she does take more of a journalistic approach. You know, Envy's a DJ. So, you know, Envy's an entertainer in that regard. And I think Charlemagne is more of a personality that leans on his entertainment value because he's really good at what he does. He's just special. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell you what, when it though, comes to that medium of radio in particular, I, I, he's special. I'll tell you what, it, he may not be the journalist that you would want him to be, but as, as a shock journal, like, as a shock it, jock, a personality. Like a That's why I said it. A, a personality. Asked, he has questions that it's like, bro. Yeah. As a personality. Never ask as a, that, as a personality, he's great, but he's willing to ask the wild, crazy shit, which. That's not journalism, though. 
that's not journalism. And that's where I think Angela Yee came in. Angela Yee would stick to Charlemagne can get into like these hypothetical conversations with you because Charlemagne, he's into the mental side of things and he's into your mind and he's into like the, having these crazy takes. He's a deep thinker, which is great. And he's very entertaining. So some things he'll do for the sake of this is this is about to be a hit. <laughs> and, and I know how to make hits when in this radio broadcast thing. Like that's what he can do. Where Angela Yee for me for that show, she more so took the journalistic approach in the way that she researched, in the way that she asked the questions that were necessary to ask, even when the entertainment maybe was kind of like going off kilter. And I think you got to have the balance of legitimate journalism. It's, it's th that's still a form of broadcast journalism. Yes. you got to have the, the balance of legitimate journalism along with entertainment. And I think Charlemagne and Envy, for the reasons I've, I've already named, Envy being a, a DJ, <laughs> like that's going to bring entertainment value to itself. And Charlemagne is just a flat-out star that brings that entertainment value. I think he brought that journalistic side that the show needed to be able to keep a healthy balance of, all right, this is just a crazy ass show of some wackos. That's just right. That can get really far out there. She yeah. kept things kind of grounded and you need that. And you need that. And I don't know who else can keep Charlemagne grounded. Is the it's the point. Like I mean, I will say to be fair, He's matured over the years. He's getting older, and Charlemagne's definitely matured, and he's not as out there as he once was in this radio thing. So that helps whoever's coming in to have to deal with that. But Angela had to navigate Charlemagne like peak prime two-toned face Charlemagne she, she was, when he was really, really out there you know, with she, it. <laughs> she was the only, she's the only person that was keeping the Breakfast Club from sounding like that weak-ass, hell-of-a-week show that he's got on Saturday <laughs> on Comedy Central. That boo-boo. I don't want to see a single clip of that. And I ain't hating on your show, Charlemagne. He, no, he feels, I ain't hating sucks, on your show. sucks, man. That show sucks, bro. <laughs> Show sucks, man. That's, some, that's just some crap, dude. It's 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 assembly line crap. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying not that, that like I'm not saying that he's not what, but that's crap, bro. That's crap TV. I ain't trying to watch that for sure. But I was I was mentioning you know the Angie Martinez side of things, and you know I think Angie Martinez has mastered being just a really good broadcast journalist, like a very very talented broadcast journalist where I think Charlemagne is more of a he's a really good broadcaster period mm. obviously he's learned some things along the way that he can he can pass he can pass as a broadcast journalist and he's had some success that would allow him to be able to say I'm a broadcast journalist but to me he's more of a broadcast personality if you will where Angela Yee and you know Angie Martinez are good broadcast journalists and you know, I, I I hope she thrives in more of that role of being just that. Dude, she could her her ceiling is like she could be like a supercharged Jamel Hill type. You know what I mean? Like she could be like, I could go in a bunch of different directions. Yeah, with rooted in journalism. Yeah, she's a huge fan base. Right. She's you know what I'm saying she's, she's got gonna a be syndicated. She's gonna start off being syndicated in thirty plus cities. She, she could be huge. Yeah, yeah. So so shout out to her. The L is for leaving. <laughs> she's leaving the Breakfast Club. Yeah. On that note, we're leaving y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go, go win. win.